what's up folks what's going on welcome to episode 139 of the spun today podcast the podcast that is anchored in writing but unlimited in scope i'm your host tony ortiz and i appreciate you listening in this episode i have a treat for you it's the audiobook version of my latest short story titled pencil case which was published on november 11th 2019 If you want to read it with your eyeballs instead of reading it through your ears, you can do so by going to spuntoday.com forward slash short stories forward slash pencil case, or just go to spuntoday.com, click on short stories and find it there within the list of my previously published short stories. Now, this is a story that is loosely, not too loosely, but pretty loosely based on a true story. Uh, when I was a younger kid and used to go to work with my father during the summers uh, between one school year ending and another one beginning, you know, like summer vacation. It's a story of me looking back on that time in my life now as an adult with the perspective of, or rather the perspective that experience gives you and just appreciating some of the the takeaways and life lessons, if you will, that I was lucky enough to come out of that experience with. I hope you guys appreciate it, enjoy it, get something from it, and definitely let me know what you think of it. To do so, you can email me directly at spuntoday at gmail.com or comment in the comments section of the actual short story on my website at spuntoday.com forward slash spuntoday forward slash pencil case or comment within the comments of this specific podcast episode on my website at spuntoday.com forward slash podcast forward slash 139, 139. But yeah, I think it's dope. I um, have been working on the second book of my trilogy novel series, the continuation to Fractal. As you all know, if you follow this podcast, but I got like this flash memory where I remembered the pencil case that I speak about in this short story. And that just took me back through a like reminiscing wormhole of like that summer when I got it and uh, just going to work with my dad and getting to hang out with him. And I felt it was a story worth telling within that. So I took a break from the novel and wrote this short story so I can share it with you fine folks. And do not fret, I am back working on the novel. But this is some dope content that uh, I hope you folks appreciate as well while you wait on that. Spoiler alert, by the way, I wrote this story in aventura style type of Spanglish. So my fellow first generation folks and Anyone that speaks Spanish and English will understand everything seamlessly. But I did try to write the story and within my recollection of the things that happened in English, happened in English, the things that happened in Spanish, happened in Spanish. But I tried my best to make sure that for those of you that don't speak Spanish, you would understand what is said in Spanish just based on the context around it in English. But that obviously won't be the case for every single thing. And in those cases, I'm sure if you check out the the text of the actual story at spuntray.com forward slash pencil case, I'm sorry, forward slash short stories forward slash pencil case, you'll be able to just copy and paste and use uh, Google Translate if you really want to know what is what is being said. But yeah, in a clockwork orange-esque type of way, you may be able to just figure out what is being said in Spanish based on the context in English. That said, since I haven't had a free writing session episode in a while, I'm going to share my writing stats with you guys here right now during this episode. So I last shared my June and July writing stats and I'll admit for the first time in, let me see, one, I started tracking my numbers in 2015, January of 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, So for the first time in four and a half years, I fucked up and did not track my numbers for August. 
of 2019. So I don't have those figures for you. But I do have September and October 2019. And in September, I wrote 18 out of the 30 days of the month, which is uh, 60% of the days. And in October, I did much better and wrote 22 days out of the 31 days in the month for a total of 71% of the days of the month of October. I'm trying to focus and drill down and uh, work on this novel so I can get it out to you folks sooner than later. Obviously, I don't want to put out shit, but I also don't want to take uh, three years like I did with the other one uh, to put it out. And right now, I'm still within like the first third of it. So I'm definitely focusing all the time I can to developing the second story. Now, the writing tip that I'm going to share with you guys before we get into the audiobook is an article that I I will link to in the episode notes of this episode from New York Book Editors. And it's titled, How to Successfully Open Your Story. And the article goes through a bunch of different ways, tips on how to start a story that is actually engaging and and grabs your reader's attention within the first few lines. And I'm going to read off a couple. The first advice is to start it with an action. And it quotes uh, two different excerpts here. One of them states, and I quote, We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. And that's from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. The second example of starting with action is, quote, Where's Papa going with that axe? Said Fern to her mother as they were setting the table for breakfast. And that's from Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. Another tip that's not uh, action, is starting with a philosophy. And the first excerpt is, quote, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And that is from Anna Karenina by Leo Tolstoy. Another example of starting with philosophy to hook your reader straight off the bat is, quote, don't look for dignity in public bathrooms. And that's from Big Machine by Victor Laval or Lavalle. Another example is to start simply. Instead of starting with action or with philosophy, just start simply. And the excerpt is a one-liner that says, I had a farm in Africa. And that is from Out of Africa by Isaac Dennison. Another way is to start with something unexpected. And this excerpt starts or states, quote, It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. And that's from 1984 by George Orwell. I have to read this book. This is one of those, 1984 by George Orwell, one of those books that I'm like ashamed that I haven't read that I know I have to, and I should have already. Um, And I always get, there's always like what I interpret as like signs for me, you know, indicating that, that I should read it. For example, the title, 1984, which is... The year I was born. Um, this line starts off as uh, the way it starts off mentioning the month of April, which is the month I was born. The covers that I've seen of the book are like an eye, an eyeball, which, as you know, I'm kind of like fascinated with the human eye. And it's a, a centerpiece of my novel Fractal, which is available on Amazon if you're interested. And you can also go to sponsorcom forward slash books forward slash fractal to learn more about it. But yeah, I definitely have to check that book out. And the last way that I'll share a tip on how to start your novel in an engaging way is by starting with the protagonist. And this excerpt states, quote, if you really want to hear about it, the first thing you'll probably want to know is where I was born and what my lousy childhood was like. And how my parents were occupied and all before they had me. And all that David Copperfield kind of crap. But I don't feel like it. But I don't feel like going into it, if you want to know the truth. And that is from The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger. Which was my favorite book growing up. Which is another one that I would like to go back and read. I have it on my uh, to-do list to like revisit. Last time I read it, I think it was like high school or maybe shortly after high school early college. 
but yeah, I thought they were uh, pretty good tips. And again, I'll link to the article in the episode notes of this episode. There's a bunch more, a lot more examples and a lot more uh, different uh, tips on ways to start the, your novel in a gripping, enticing way. And it's from a New York book editors. And the title of the article again is how to successfully open your story. Check it out in the episode notes. And lastly, folks, before we jump into the audiobook, if you can take a second and listen in on how you can help support the Sponsor Day podcast, I'd appreciate it. And then without further ado, we'll jump right into the audiobook. You know that feeling that you get on a Monday when you're sad because the weekend is over and you have nothing to look forward to except for lunch? Have no fear, the Midday Monday Boost Letter is here. And you might be thinking, what is the Midday Monday Boost Letter? Sounds like a mouthful. And it is, but it's also more than that. I put together this absolutely free newsletter that I email to all my subscribers every Monday at noon to spread a little joy and happiness. If you choose to subscribe, all you have to do is go to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe and drop in your email address. And what you'll get is five things. You'll get a photo of the week, which who doesn't like looking at dope pictures? You'll also get a podcast of the week. I listen to dozens and dozens of podcasts every single week from a wide variety of shows. And I cherry pick the very best ones and share them with you as my recommendation for that week. Also in the Midday Monday Boost Letter, you will find a video of the week, which could be anything from a cool online recipe that I found to a rap battle to a TED talk or a dope interview. I also share a quote of the week, a little food for thought, as well as a word of the week for my fellow wordsmiths out there. Again, this is all absolutely free and you can get my newsletter by going to spuntoday.com forward slash subscribe, drop in your email address and you will get the very next one. Spun Today Publishing presents the unabridged version of Pencil Case by Tony Ortiz, performed by the author. Remember that period of time before school started again, when summer vacation was almost over, and the excitement of getting new school supplies temporarily drowned out the memories of having to do too much homework, while you'd rather be watching Power Rangers, VR Troopers, or Batman? The animated series. Not the Adam West reruns. Although, I'd have an affinity for those a bit later in life. This is the set and setting of this story. There was this one summer, between second and third grade, when I used to go with my dad to the supermarket he used to work at. He managed the deli within the supermarket and opened up the place way before he actually needed to be there. Being punctual to him, meant being somewhere an hour or two before you're expected to be. You know, in case you get a flat tire on the way, or your car explodes. This way, you can get it fixed and still be on time to handle your responsibilities. I didn't mind getting up early with him, though. My seven-year-old brain was so jacked up from all the adrenaline coursing through me that I barely slept the nights before anyways. I'd wake up, brush my teeth, get dressed, and be ready to leave on time. We drove the 10 to 15 minutes it took to get there and opened up shop. A couple of the dudes that worked as shelf stockers were already out front, sipping on their 50 cent cart coffees. Not my pop though. He got his Bustelo out of the way at home. My mom prepared it for him the night before, and he brewed it before the sun was up. He had it along with a piece of Entenmann's butter loaf pound cake, while he listened to either Tent and Winds or Radio Wado 1280 on the AM radio dial. He said what's up to the guys, who seemed happy to see him, and patted me on the head. ¿Quién es este chiquillo? One of them asked. ¿Este es el hijo más pequeño mío? My pop responded. Salúdalo a Ramón Tony, he instructed. Hola, I said timidly. Pero con la voz alta, para que te pueda oír, my dad added. Y dale la mano. Hola, I said a bit louder as I shook Ramon's hand. 
Oh, se llama Tony también. We're going to call you Tony Jr. Para no confundirnos. ¿Vas a trabajar con tu papi? He asked. Sí, I responded. Qué bueno, he said. My dad and the other guy, that I would later come to know as Miguel, finished rolling up the metal gate in front of the supermarket. My dad went in alone to shut off the alarm and flick on the lights. He was the only one that the owners trusted with the keys and alarm code. I stayed outside with Ramon and Miguel for a bit until the lights came on. To this day, I still remember walking in for the first time. I mean, I've been in supermarkets before. This one in particular, a couple of times, while I was bustling with shoppers and workers. But being the first ones through the door, watching the lights begin to go on, felt like I was in on a secret. I was privy to the behind the scenes of how this place transitioned every night from dormant to lively. We walked past the cashiers around the lotto station, which I later learned is where the owner hung out at so he could keep his eye on the money and cashiers. We made our way to the deli that was in the back right corner from where we were standing. My dad flicked on the light switches to the display fridges where the cold cuts and cold salads were while I roamed around his workspace, his work domain. Excited to be on this side with an opportunity to see how the sausage was made. There were notepads and scraps of paper sitting on a small table. Others hung with magnets on the side of the standing fridge and all seemed to be lists of different deli meats. Soon after, my dad washed his hands thoroughly and put on an apron that he had hung up on a hook the day before. Vamos a buscar el pan, he told me. El pan? I asked surprised to hear that there was more. Si, tengamos que hacer el pan fresco cada día. With that, we went up one of the aisles toward the back of the supermarket. My eyes scanned around in awe, like I hadn't seen a cereal aisle before, while I tried to keep up with my dad's speed walking. There were these double doors that said employees only, and he pushed through them like he owned the place. Ven por aquí, he instructed. Ten cuidado con las escaleras. We walked down a dingy flight of stairs into a poorly lit basement filled with broken down cardboard boxes and cases of the products that would eventually fill the shelves of the aisles upstairs. Ramon and Miguel were hard at work lifting cases, breaking down boxes, and then tying them up and sending cases of goods up a flat escalator looking thing so that they can be stocked on the shelves upstairs. ¿Cómo va eso, muchachos? My dad asked. Hey, Tony, Tony Jr., Ramon replied as he continued on with his work. My dad opened up a walk-in box refrigerator and grabbed a big bag filled with frozen dough-like cylinders and gave me a slightly smaller one. ¿Tú puedes con esa? Sí, I responded quickly to not let him down, but I wasn't so sure that I could carry it. I lifted the bag awkwardly in front of me with both hands, and I followed my dad back up the way we came. Tony, vio el juego de los Mets anoche? Miguel asked. Sí, qué barbaridad. No tienen picheo. Sin picheo mejor no van para parte de ellos. My dad responded as Miguel nodded in agreement. Nos vemos en lonche, muchachos. My dad added, as we went back up the dingy staircase. When we made it back to the deli, my dad cranked up one of the two long ovens to a specific temperature that he had marked on the knob with black permanent marker ink because the actual numbers had rubbed off already. Then he reached into his right pocket and pulled out a pocket knife that he used to slice open both the bags we brought up. He put down three flat trays and instructed me, Okay, empieza pasame pan. I went into the bag and began handing them over to him quickly. ¿Por qué están tan duros? I asked. I've never seen hard icy bread before. Porque tengamos que cocinarlo todavía, he clarified. Estas son la masa del pan. Y las congelamos para que no se dañen antes de cocinarlas. Vamos, más rápido papi, he instructed. And I picked up the pace accordingly. 
Once they were all on trays, he pulled out a Windex-looking spray bottle that had a clear liquid in it, and he began spraying the first tray of bread. ¿Qué es eso? I asked. Agua, he responded. Para que se cocinen bien. Toma, échale a los otros. He told me as he handed me over the bottle while he grabbed and slid the completed tray into the oven. I began spraying and after a bit, he said, No lo mojes tanto. Y hazlo más rápido, papi. I tried doing it as fast as I could, but I started losing grip strength after about half a dozen rolls. He took the bottle and said, Ven para ayudarte. And sprayed each roll from both remaining trays precisely three times each, faster than the machine gun from Contra. He put them in the oven. Okay, he said. Vamos a sazonar los pollos y ya estaremos listos para cuando abran el supermercado. ¿Tú haces pollos también? I asked as he nodded in agreement. My pops was Superman. He woke up earlier than wakefulness. He ran the deli in a supermarket where he was also the most trusted employee. He made bread, shot the shit with his coworkers that obviously liked him, and made whole chickens that I saw him season, marinate, and slide onto his spinning metal spits five at a time. Then he put them into an oven that I now knew was the culprit behind a few burn mark scars that he had on his hands and forearms. He worked through lunch every single day, and he serviced every single one of his customers with a smile, regardless of if he was sick that day or in a shitty mood. In retrospect, I realized that I internalized those traits and attempt to replicate that type of work ethic and discipline in my own life. Tienes hambre? He asked me around lunchtime. I said no based on his body language, not looking like he was letting up anytime soon. And I didn't want him to think any less of me for wanting to take a break. I was hungry though. Tienes que comer algo, mijo? Te voy a hacer un sandwich. ¿Con qué lo quieres? Elige lo que quieras, he said as he pointed to all the cold cuts I could choose from. My brain filled up with combination ideas as my eyes glazed over all the options. Ham, honey ham, monster cheese, turkey, salami, bologna. My dad offered a suggestion after seeing my indecision. ¿Lo quieres con jamón y queso? No, no jamón, I replied. Y Bologna? He offered. ¿A ti te gusta eso? No. Tampoco quiero eso. Ultimately, I settled on a buttered roll with American cheese. And I shit you not, to this day, it was the best sandwich I've ever had. I don't know what it was. Maybe the fresh, warm roll, contrasting with the cold cheese and creamy butter. Maybe it was the love my dad put into it. Whatever it was, I haven't had one that good since. This lady walked by and behind the deli where we were. Hola, Carmen. Ven a conocer a mi hijo, my dad told her. Saludo, she responded. Oh, este es el Tony Jr. Este es el grande o el pequeño? Tienes dos, no? El pequeño, my dad replied. Si ya está vuelto un hombre, she said. Hola, papito. Yo soy Carmen, la amiga de tu papi. Hola, Carmen. I said loud enough this time. Then I bit into the last quarter of my sandwich. I love that my dad cut it in fours, by the way. Maybe that's what made it taste better. It made the sandwich last longer, for sure. Tony, ¿qué hay de nuevo hoy? Tengo hambre. Bueno, le puedo hacer un sandwich, my dad told her. Good choice, I thought to myself. O le preparo una ensaladita de papa con pollo cuando estén listos, he added as an option. No, no quiero nada de eso, eh, Carmen replied. Voy a ir a los chinitos del lado a comprar una sopa. ¿Quieres una? She asked my dad. No, no, ya yo comí, my dad said even though he hadn't eaten. He was just telling her that so he could get back to focusing on work. He never ate lunch. He worked straight through and ate a big meal when he got home. My mom would have a spread prepared for him every day as he walked in around 2.30 to 3 p.m. sharp. A mixed salad, 
plate of rice, bowl of beans, and the plate of a protein like pollo al horno or bistec cebollado. Sometimes tostones too, if platanos were on sale that week and we had some leftover from weekend breakfasts. Okay, después vengo a buscar a Tonito Jr. para que empaque y se haga unos chavitos. Carmen said as she walked away. Nos vemos. I was about to ask my dad what she meant by taking me with her to go pack. But he had a couple customers waiting. And the attention span of a seven-year-old is not far off from that of a goldfish. After he finished giving them what they asked for, my dad pulled out two rolls. And started making a couple sandwiches. I wasn't sure who they were for until he wrapped them in aluminum foil, put them in a plastic bag, and called me over. ¿Te recuerdas dónde trabajan Miguel y Ramón? He asked me. Abajo. I responded for confirmation. Sí. ¿Sabes llegar para mandarle estos sandwichitos contigo? I nodded yes, but my dad saw the doubt on my face. Okay, ven, para encaminarte. He said. He walked me over to aisle 12, which had the double doors we had gone through at the opposite end. ¿Ves la puerta ya? Sí. I said excitedly, and began walking with purpose. Llévaselo y ven para atrás enseguida. Okay, papi, I responded. My heart rate sped up as I pushed through the double doors and went down the dingy staircase. I counted the steps as I walked down. Whenever I got nervous or anxious, I used to start counting things as a way to distract myself from the nerves. Stairs, white sneakers, cracks on the wall, Anything that was within eye shot. When I got to the bottom of the staircase, I looked around and didn't see them at first. Then I heard some boxes being tossed down from a delivery truck outside and slid across the room on this really long, waist-high shelf that had metal wheels all over it. Ramon looked over and saw me standing there. Hey, Tonito, nos traíte el lonche? Ramon asked, noticing the bag I was carrying. Si, mi papá le mandó sandwiches. I responded while raising the bag up. Oh, good, Ramon said in English. That's my favorite lunch. Put it over there, encima de esa caja, please. Okay, I obliged. I know my dad told me to go right back up, but you know, attention spans. I was in awe of the fluidity in which the truck driver tossed Miguel boxes, which he slid down to Ramon, who caught them, put them on the long, waist-high shelf with metal wheels, and slid them across the room. Ramon noticed and asked, You want to try? I nodded and he called me over. La caja viene dura cuando él la tira, okay? Yo la agarro y te la paso a ti. Then you slide it down that way, he said as he pointed. Okay, I responded. And the first box came down hard and fast, like he said it would. He stopped it with the hand he had a glove on, spun around, and placed it on the shelf for me. Okay. Take it away, he said. I kept my hands on the box as I ran alongside the rolling shelf and slid it across almost all the way to the end before I let it go and watched it land where all the other boxes were. Good job, but you got to be fast. Ven para atrás. Ramon said as he already had two more boxes waiting. I slid the first one down, which didn't make it all the way to the end, and then the second that landed right behind it. I was clearly stifling the progress, so I wasn't surprised when Ramon said, Okay, one more, Papa. He handed it to me, and I ran alongside with it and finished pushing all three boxes the full way. Good job, Tony Jr. Dile gracias a tu papi, said Ramon. Okay, bye, Ramon, I said as I ran up the stairs, excited to tell my dad how I helped out. I got up the stairs, ran down the aisle, and around the deli counter. My dad was servicing a customer. Half a pound of boar's head ham, he asked with a monotone voice. Sure, sure, my dad responded as he quickly grabbed a hunk of ham, placed it on the slicer machine that he told me never to get near, put down a sheet of parchment paper, which he had pre-folded a bunch of during his morning preparation and began slicing. I wanted to wait for him to finish, 
but I couldn't contain myself. Pa, yo ayude a Ramón y a Miguel. I blurted out. Oh, sí? Wow, qué bueno. ¿Qué hiciste? He asked while he weighed the sliced meat on the scale, looked over at the customer and said, This is my son. The customer seemed to be as uninterested as his voice sounded. Anything else? My dad asked with a smile. No. The grumpster responded as he grabbed his ham and waddled away. ¿Y qué hiciste? Dime. My dad asked. Me dieron cajas que vinieron en un delivery y yo la llevé en el slide al otro lado. I said. Oh, ya llegó el delivery de Crasdale. He interrupted. Uh-huh. I said as I nodded in agreement even though I didn't know where the delivery was from. Y yo tiré la caja lejos en el shelf largo eh, que tiene wheels. Que tiene ruedas. He corrected. Sí. I responded. Qué bueno, mijo. Va a ser buen trabajador, tú. Uh-huh. I agreed and added. I want to work here one day. Just like you. No, mijo. My dad responded as he shook his head and smiled. Tú tienes que ir a la escuela. Seguir siendo un estudiante sobresaliente. Graduarte de la universidad. Y después vas a tener un trabajo profesional. Con corbata puesta. Y en una oficina. Y ahí tú vas a ser un buen trabajador. I let that marinate for a minute. That was the first time I can remember internalizing that my father's efforts, hard work, and sacrifices had more to do with his goals for me and our family than with his goals for himself. Carmen walked over, sipping a juice. She slid open one of my dad's fridge doors and put it in. Tony, voy a dejar el juguito aquí para que no se me caliente, she said. Okay, my dad responded. Tonito. She asked me. I gave her a stare that was half, I don't know what you're talking about, mixed with, but I'm in. Ven, ayúdame un ratito. Te voy a enseñar a empacar, she said. Tony, me lo voy a llevar para que me empaque, she told my dad. I looked over to see if it was okay with him or not, as he turned away from servicing another customer. Sí, sí, vayan, he said, and I did. Carmen was cool. She quickly became one of my favorite people at the supermarket. She was a cashier and taught me how to pack bags for the customers she rang up. She taught me to double bag, to place heavier items like cans and jars on the bottom and lighter items on top. Meat should always be individually wrapped in a single bag before putting it into the double bag. This is to avoid it leaking blood onto other items. Eggs and bread always went in separate single bags, no matter what. Even if the customer only bought two things, even if they only bought bread and eggs, separate them. I like that she didn't speak to me like I was a kid, and even cussed sometimes around me. Whenever an aggravated customer didn't like how I packed or complained, she'd defend me to them and help me fix what I did wrong. I like that she didn't speak to me like I was a kid, and even cussed sometimes around me. Whenever an aggravated customer didn't like how I packed or complained, she'd defend me to them and help me fix what I did wrong. Tonito, no puede poner el pan debajo de algo duro. Lo vas a machucar. Todos los que es así va en una bolsa separada, she would instruct. Okay, Carmen, I responded politely. When a customer didn't tip or was stingy, she'd let them have it. No me le va a dar nada al niño. He's working hard too, she'd say. It was towards the end of my dad's shift already. He got off at two. So I told Carmen I had to go. Okay, Tonito, gracias. Ven ayúdame mañana, she said. Her inviting me back made me feel happy because I figured I must have not done that bad of a job. I was about to walk away and she said, Espérate. Llévate tu chavo. Eso es tuyo, papito. She said as she pointed to my small bucket of change. Ven para cambiártelo. Pero siempre cuenta tu chavo primero. She instructed as she spread it all out, counted it up, 
opened the register and gave me the equivalent in bills. I didn't really think I was going to get to keep the money. I made about $3.85 in a couple of hours. I ran over to my dad ecstatic. Papi mira. I told him as I held up the bills and loose change. Wow, te ganaste todo eso? He asked. Si, I responded. Y trabajaste bien? He asked. Si, y Cameron me dijo que venga mañana a trabajar otra vez. I added. Mañana no, papi. My dad responded. El día es muy largo. Los sábados. Pero yo te traigo el lunes. Okay. I said as the news momentarily burst my bubble. But then I remembered my fistful of cash and started smiling again. ¿Qué tú vas a hacer con el dinero tuyo? My dad asked. ¿Le voy a dar uno a ti? ¿Uno a mami? ¿Uno a manito? I responded as I was splitting up my earnings in my head without really doing the math. No, papi. A mí no me tienes que dar nada. My dad responded. Mejor guárdalo para que cuando comience la escuela tenga tu dinerito. Okay, pa. I said as Norma walked in. She worked the deli from 2 p.m. to closing. She was nice and gave me a big hug as if I knew her already. My dad told her about the orders he was going to put in for stuff that was running low and reminded her to write down anything else that she thinks they may need. With that, we left and were on our way home. Two hardworking dudes after a long day. That weekend was a blur to me. I couldn't wait until Monday came back around so that I could go with my dad again. If it were up to me, I would go every single day. When I went back on Monday, I hung out with the guys downstairs around lunchtime, packed bags for Carmen again, and best of all, bonded with my dad. It was slower on Monday, so I only made $2.65. Tuesday, I made $4.25. And Wednesday, $3.50. On Wednesday, when I went to take the guys their lunch, there wasn't a delivery coming in that I could help with. They were breaking down boxes and tying them up. Hey, Tonito, ¿quieres aprender un acertijo? ¿Qué es eso? I asked. No sabes qué es eso, responded Miguel. Es como una canción o una poema, pero más pequeña. Es un riddle, added Ramón. Oh, okay. Sí, yo sé, I responded. Okay. Repeat it with me, Miguel said in broken English. Entre melón y melambe, he said. Entre melón y... I repeated, but blanked out on the last word. Melambe. Ramon chimed in as he continued breaking down boxes with his box cutter and stepping on them. Entre melón y melambe, I said. Mataron un pajarito, Miguel continued. Mataron un pajarito, I repeated. Melón se comió las plumas, continued Miguel. Melón se comió la pluma, I repeated. Y Melambe es el pajarito, he finished with a big smile. And Ramón began laughing. Y Melambe, ¿qué? I said as I laughed along, even though I didn't get it. Melambe es el pajarito, Miguel repeated. Okay, te lo aprendiste para que se lo diga a tu papi. Déjame ver. I said as I recalled the riddle. Entre melambe y melón. No, no. I quickly self-corrected. Entre melón y melambe. Mataron un pajarito. Um, melón? Sí. Melón se comió las plumas y melambe es el pajarito. Miguel added. Then I said it from beginning to end, three times, back to back, with each time Miguel and Ramon laughing even harder. Okay, Tony Jr., bedile a tu pai, said Ramon. I ran back upstairs to tell my dad the new riddle I learned. Papi, papi, I shouted with excitement. Dime, mijo, he responded. Aprendí una nueva poema. Si? ¿Sí? ¿Quién te la enseñó, Carmen? He asked.
No, Miguel y Ramón. I responded. Okay. Dímelo, ¿cómo es? Entre melón y melambe, mataron un pajarito. Melón se comió las plumas y melambe es el pajarito. I waited for my dad to burst out in laughter like the guys did, but he didn't. He did smile and shake his head though, and that's about the same thing coming from him. He shook his head in a, they pranked me, sort of a way. Estuvo buena esa. He told me. And although I still didn't fully get the riddle, he made me feel like I was part of their inside joke. The next day, I had a doctor's appointment that my mom took me to, so I couldn't go to work with my dad. I was eager to get back on Friday, especially since I knew I wasn't going to get to go all weekend. It was a good day for me. I made $8. My biggest take to date. The supermarket was buzzing, and Carmen was telling me how much busier it gets on Saturdays. ¿Vas a venir mañana? She asked. No, I said sadly. Mañana papi trabaja tarde, y dijo que yo me cansaría si vengo. Oh, okay. ¿Y tú? ¿Crees que te cansaría? She asked. No. ¿Yo puedo trabajar mucho también? Todos los días. I responded. Pues, ve dile a tu papi que Carmen necesita tu ayuda mañana. ¿Y qué quieres que tú venga? She suggested. ¿De verdad? I asked to make sure she wasn't messing with me. Sí, ve dile. She replied. Vamos a ver lo que dice. Si dice que no, no perdemos nada con preguntar. Ya tienes el no. Tengamos que buscar el sí. I started to make my way toward the deli, heart racing. I usually didn't ask my dad for stuff, not directly anyways. I'd try my mom as a litmus test first. These were extreme times though, I thought. If I waited until I'd get home, he and my mom would both say no for sure. Here I could speak to him man to man, coworker to coworker. He'd be proud that I'm willing and wanting to work so hard. Plus, Carmen having my back was like having an ace up my sleeve. I didn't think I could lose. Pa, I said in a tone that hinted at me wanting something. Dime, papi. He responded. Yo puedo venir mañana, I asked. Tú sabes que mañana es sábado, papi? He replied. El día es muy largo. Y tú no puedes dejar a mami sola el día entero? Es nada más un día, I said. Y Carmen dijo que necesita mi ayuda. Oh, sí? My dad responded. Y no vas a llorar o cansarte mucho. No? I said excitedly at the thought of him considering it. Bueno, he responded. Vamos a ver lo que diga mami cuando lleguemos hoy. After we got home, my mom proved to be a harder sell. I nagged her all afternoon offered to do chores, and I said I'd go to bed super early. My dad eventually co-signed, probably because he was tired of hearing me whine about it, and she finally gave in. I was ecstatic. I washed the dishes after we ate, showered, picked out my clothes for the next day, and laid them out. I skipped playing Sega Genesis with my brother and went to bed early, just like I said I would. I wasn't tired. And was super excited, so I didn't fall asleep right away. I wanted to, though, so that I could pull tomorrow into today that much sooner. When dawn became dusk and our day began, we were off to the races. It was a hard work day for anyone, I'm sure. And I was pulling it off at seven years old. I was packing like a pro. I had a stack of double bags set up from my own little version of morning preparation, and I added to that stockpile whenever there was a fleeting lull between customers. If Carmen went on break or didn't have a customer, I'd hop over to her neighbor Gloria's line and bagged for her. I was in a grocery bagging flow state. It was my fight night, my game day. 
and I crushed it. I was hopped up on the sugar and caffeine I had from two cans of soda that I bought from the vending machine. I spent $1.50 of my own money on a Sunkist and a Welch's grape, which were exotic compared to the Coke and Pepsi that I was used to at home. I also spent $0.25 on a gumball and $0.50 on one of those sticky, stretchy hand toys that came in those see-through plastic bubbles with a red bottom. Still, even after all that, I raked in $17.88. I was through the moon, exhausted, and had a brand new appreciation for my dad's ability to wake up early and put in the work for his family day in and day out, but ecstatic nonetheless. The summer was coming to a close, and the new school year was a couple weeks out. That epic Saturday wound up being the second to last day that I went to work with my dad that summer, and one of the most memorable for sure. During the last week before school started, my dad gave my mom some money for the school supplies that my brother and I needed. My list was longer and contained things like three black and white marble notebooks, two number two pencils, one red pen, which excited me because I've never used one before. I always thought they were strictly for teachers. We were walking down the aisles of one of the stores on Liberty Ave when I saw it. The pencil case of all pencil cases. The Red Rider BB gun of pencil cases. It was a rectangular box like most, but had a plastic trapper keeper like padding on it and had a rad design. It was blue and it had these light gray drawers lining the base of it, which, wait for it, sprung open with the touch of a button. How dope is that? There was even a button on the side that made a six inch ruler pop out. I could use one of the drawers for my eraser, another for a sharpener, one for paper clips, and I'm sure I'd find use for the others. I turned it over to look at the price tag, and it was $15.99. There's no way my mom would be able to get it for me. That was almost half of my entire school supply budget. I put it down and began to walk away dejected. Before I had a mini epiphany, I had 17 of my hard-earned dollars in my pocket. I continued to walk around the store with my mom while I mustered up the gumption to shoot my shot and ask her if I could buy it. ¿Cuánto cuesta? She asked. 15 pesos. I responded, leaving out the 99 cents plus tax. ¿Tú estás loco, muchacho? ¿Eso es demasiado caro para eso? ¿Compra unos de esos? She said as she pointed to a bulky rectangular plastic pencil case that was as devoid of style as it was empty inside. But it only cost $3.99. Ma, I responded with my last-ditch effort. Pero yo tengo mi dinero también, I reassured. Bueno, she responded. Tú debería guardar ese dinero. ¿Para qué? I asked. I just learned about earning, but as the money was burning a hole in my pocket, saving was an alien concept to me. Siempre se debería guardar algo, mijo. Uno nunca sabe lo de mañana, she said. Pero, tú trabajaste por ese dinero, y puedes comprar lo que quieras, she added. My eyes opened up as wide as my smile expanded ear to ear. I thanked her then ran over and grabbed my pencil case. The most exhilarating thing was that it was the last one left. At the register, I reached into my pocket, pulled out my black and red Velcro wallet, and handed over my slightly crumbled and folded $17 to my mom. She took 10 and handed me back 7 Toma, mijo. Guarda eso para que pueda comprar algo en la escuela, she said. My mom figured she would have spent 4 to $5 on a pencil case anyway, so she decided to subsidize the one I wanted so that I didn't blow all of my money on one purchase. She was resourceful like that. That pencil case was my pride and joy 
on day one of school, I placed it at the top of my desk, perfectly parallel with the edge, while some classmates, I was sure, gazed over in astonishment. To me, a glow was radiating off of it. It was the most amazing thing I owned. It was the most fulfilling purchase I've made to date. The culmination of hard work yielding results that cultivate my desires. As the excitement of starting a new school year faded, it was replaced with the mundanity that came along with a long year of lessons and endless homework assignments. What became of that pencil case, as the year churned on, is as good a guess of yours as it is of mine. I'd like to say that I still have it, that it occupies a spot on some prized possession shelf, but I vaguely recall it eventually beginning to deteriorate, as the things of children do. Springs became sprung. Some of the gray plastic drawers wouldn't open. Others wouldn't close. I'm sure I ruined the exterior with stickers that I had second thoughts about and removed while leaving behind that sticky kind-like residue. Where the physical pieces of it wound up, however, wasn't as important as its lasting impact. It was the first major purchase I made with money I earned. And it watered the seed that my father planted via his exemplary work ethic. It reinforced the importance of responsibility and highlighted the fact that hard work really did pay off. The end. And that is it, folks. That is the audiobook for my short story, Pencil Case. Hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something from it. And I'd definitely like to know what you thought of it. So please visit spuntoday.com forward slash short stories forward slash pencil case. And let me know what you thought in the comments. Or if you listen to this podcast on YouTube, for example, let me know in the comments section there. Or just reach out at spuntoday on Twitter. Or by emailing me through my contact page at spuntoday.com forward slash contact. So to me, what the story is about is a father and son story where the son is able to see his father in a different light for the first time. He sees him in his work environment, interacting with people that he doesn't know, interacting with his coworkers. And from that, the son is able to gleam some new perspective and understanding and appreciation for certain character traits like interpersonal skills, selflessness, work ethic, discipline, dedication, specifically in having the dedication enough for your family to day in and day out do something that you may not necessarily love but deem necessary. The story is also about working hard. You know, if you want something, work at it, whether it's something that you do as a means to an end for some other goal, or if it's just showing up and working hard toward something you are passionate about, like writing, like podcasting, or whatever your passion happens to be. The path to it is invariably hard work, which that along with taking pride in what you do, regardless of what it is that you do, I would say are definite underlying themes to the story. Almost every quote character in the story, whether it be my father or Carmen or Ramon or Norma, which we just got a glimpse of, but shows up to work on time, for example, almost each of them display a strong work ethic and an upholding of responsibility. But yeah, that's what this story is about to me. And by no means am I, even though obviously I wrote the story, but in no means am I the you know definitive end-all be-all of what the story is. It can be many different things to many different people. So I am definitely interested to see what it meant to you. So let me know. And feel free to do so in the comment section of my website at sponsor.com forward slash short stories forward slash pencil case stick around for a bit listen to some tunes in the background 
It's a few more ways you can help support the show if you so choose. I grew up with reverence for the red, white, and blue. Spoke of God and liberty, reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. Learned love of country from my own family. Some shivered and prayed, approaching the beaches of Normandy. The flag waves high, and that's how it should be. So many lives given and taken in the name of freedom. The story's complicated and hard to read. Pages of the book obscured or torn out completely. I am a son of Uncle Sam, and I struggle to understand the good and evil. But I'm doing the best I can. In a place built on stolen land with stolen people. Blood in the soil with the cotton and tobacco. Blood in the soil with the cotton and tobacco. Blood in the soil with the cotton and tobacco. Hey folks, Tony here and I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I enjoy putting it together for you. If you'd like to support, I'd really appreciate it. And we'll give you a one-stop shop of sorts on how to do so. If you can make your way over to spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a bunch of different ways where you can do just that. There you'll find an Amazon banner similar to the other banners found throughout my website that you can click on and will take you to Amazon where you can do your shopping like you normally do. This will not cost you anything extra and Amazon will pay me a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. It's a great way to help support the show financially without actually having to come out of pocket. At spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll also find links to my Patreon and Ko-fi pages. Patreon and Ko-fi are two similar websites where you can set up reoccurring donations for the show. If you want to donate a dollar per month, a dollar per episode, a hundred dollars per episode, whatever you like, you can check out either one of those two services there. There's actually also a Patreon video that's kind of like a little tutorial explanation video of how Patreon actually works. Also at spuntoday.com forward slash support, you'll find a direct donation button where you, you can donate by way of PayPal. You'll find a link to Apple Music, which works similar to the Amazon banner. You can click on it. It'll take you to Apple's website where you can do your purchasing like you normally do. And again, it does not cost you anything extra, but I will get paid a percentage just for driving traffic to their website. And you'll also find links to the Spun Today Viral Style Store. This is where you can get Spun Today related merch. And you'll find things like these cool premium t-shirts that have uh, writing related sayings on them that I put together myself. I'm definitely not a clothing designer by any stretch of the imagination, but I put together things that I wanted to see and and, uh, wear myself. A couple of my favorites are the one that says writing is life and another one that says write need every day and it has like a puff of smoke looking design right behind uh, those words. You'll also find a sponsored a coffee mug and a really cool color changing mug that's related to my debut novel Fractal. It's completely black and when It gets hot when you put in coffee or tea, it starts changing to white and it also exposes the cover art for my novel Fractal. It's pretty dope. So definitely check all that stuff out, which again, you can find by going to sponsory.com forward slash support. And of course, do not forget to follow me on all of your social media at sponsory on Twitter at sponsory on Instagram. 
subscribe to the Sponsored YouTube channel where you can find clips and excerpts from the podcast along with other cool content. Like the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash spun today. Also, don't forget to check out all the free shit that I have on my website as well. Go to spuntoday.com forward slash free writing. And there you're going to find dozens and dozens and dozens of free writing pieces that you can check out for motivation and inspiration and just some general food for thought. You can check out some of my photography at spuntoday.com forward slash photography feel free to take any of those pictures and use them as you wish i set it up so that you can like copy and download the photos and my short stories are available at spuntoday.com forward slash short stories and last but certainly not least my pride and joy corner spuntoday.com forward slash books here you will find my published books which you find folks can find links to purchase them on Amazon, whether you want hard copies or digital uh, Kindle copies, that's the spot for you. Thank you very much for being a Spun Today listener. And as always, substitute the mysticism with hard work and start taking steps in the general direction of your dreams. Thanks for listening.